Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain Deputy Editor, uh, Dave Schofield, coming to you again for another episode where we can talk about some numbers of what was and what is to come. Um, boy, I love it. I love it. We're, it's game week. It's game week. It's game week. It's been a long time. I mean, the preseason, it was great to get back to where we actually talked about real football and talked about everything with the Steelers. But now here we go. And we're here. It's, a, it's game week. It's game week. And, and you got to love it. You got to love it. So I see that we got some people coming in here in the live chat already. Going to welcome you in. Going to start off the show by doing what we normally do and talk about the week that just occurred. I know there was a game last Thursday, a pretty much meaningless fourth preseason game, which, I mean, it might have helped solidify the roster a little bit more. But bottom line is, let's talk about the roster because that's what we ended up talking about last week anyway, was the numbers dealing with the roster and how many roster spots there actually were available. And I'll tell you this, the biggest number I'm taking away from last weekend and the roster is going to be 10. 10 linebackers in all. Five outside linebackers, five inside linebackers. That's the most linebackers that the Steelers have taken for quite some time. I wish I could tell you exactly how long, but I wanted to look at numbers coming into this week rather than try to figure that out. But I know it... For the most part, they had been keeping nine, either five and four or four and five. There was a while last year where it was even down to eight because they were at three for the outside linebackers. Um, so I, technically, they carried four outside linebackers with their very first 53-man roster because they needed that day to get Ola Adenier onto um, the IR designated to return. Then once they did that, they brought back a safety and they went with the three. They went with the three outside linebackers. So for a long time until he came off of the IR. And then even when he did come off the IR, they only dressed him one game. So they went with three. So to go with five, that's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big deal that they're going with that many. That that goes to show you that they impressed, that they impressed. Not only that... <laughs> It's who the five were that because they carried five on the roster, they did not carry an outside linebacker on the practice squad, which means sixth round draft pick Sutton Smith. Not only did he not make the roster, he did not make the practice squad. So some people felt that they might not carry any linebackers in the practice squad. I thought they would carry Spillane and Smith. They did not carry Smith, but they did get, they did carry Spillane. So that was a shocking number that they carried that many wide or not wide receivers, that many linebackers. Cause I just gave away my next answer because in order to gain something somewhere you have to lose it somewhere else. And that other place that they lost it was with the wide receivers. They decided to only go with five on the active roster, which I found a little bit surprising because, frankly, I expected Deontay Johnson to not get a helmet early in the season. I, I know they did with Juju a couple years ago, but with James Washington, there were some games where he did, was not active. Uh, uh, Martavis Bryant was not active for the first 
I'm, I'm pretty sure at least four might've been five. I'm pretty sure it was four though. The first four games of his career. Um, I remember being at a game where he was not active yet. That was against pretty sure that was against Tampa um, and watching him on the sideline um, and jogging right, right in front of us in the end zone as he went around the field. So that that's, what I find kind of surprising. So I'm pretty sure that that means they're going to have all of their wide receivers active on game day because they like to have five because they do want to have the possibility of going with five wide receivers. Now I know they can run a five wide set by not using wide receivers. They could use Vance McDonald, but split them out wide. They could use some. They've even used Rosie Nix in that in that situation, but they have gone with five pure receivers on the field, just receivers. Uh, if I do believe right, they've even gone with five receivers in order to get um, the the proper defense on the field um, that they wanted to go against, and actually put Ryan Switzer in the backfield and handed him the ball. Um, I might be off with that. That might not have been out of five receiver set, but that's something that they, they would do in order to go up against the defense they want. So that means you're probably going to see all these receivers active. And that is why when they announced the practice squad that Johnny Holton added to that practice squad later on because they had that empty spot, that's a big deal. Because basically um, they didn't announce anything about his contract. I wonder if they possibly signed him for more than the the practice squad minimum because he's in essence, in essence going to be what would be their sixth wide receiver that um that would then be inactive on game days but he's only going to be on the practice squad so but that that's where he's basically stashed right now for whenever they would need him but in order to bring him up there would have to be a roster move would not be surprised um if they bring up a if they would bring up a receiver at some point if they feel that one of these people that they kept isn't worth keeping. So I know we liked uh, Ulysses Gilbert. I know we liked Tuzar Skipper. But in order for those guys to stick with the roster, they're going to have to continue to do it every day in practice and any opportunity they can get. And remember that there's a good chance that they will be inactive uh, come game day, at least one of those guys. So I'm going to open it up now to the live chat if anyone has anything that they would like to talk about. I know it's I, I was dealing specifically with numbers, but if there's anything, um, since I brought up the Steelers roster, if there's anything you'd like to throw out there, um, or if you're kind of like me, you're really excited about uh, getting in, into next week, we'll, we'll look back. I know Lance Williams, you are jumping in here and you are stealing what I'm going to talk about. I told you I was kind of going to mention that since you threw that to me. I even had your text message from you earlier today right up here and ready to go. Um, so so here we go. Let's see what we got. Uh, lots of people saying hello. I'm just trying to, to get caught up uh, in the live chat now because I also I don't like to skip stuff. Um, hey, I even got my uh, even got my, my nephew Kyle giving me a shout out here um, in the in the live chat. That's great. Uh, sup, Kyle. Uh, enjoy the game Sunday night. Don't stay up too late. Um, Here's a good question. Um, this is one, since we were talking about the roster, I'm going to field this question now rather than look at anything at the end because it, um, um, this is this is a good one here. And it says, um, from Michael, why do you think we didn't do anything about the tight end situation? And the answer is, that's not entirely true. The Steelers did attempt to do something about the tight end situation. Uh, there is an article on Behind the Steel Curtain that was 
that was written. I'm pretty sure it was published yesterday because it was, it, it got a lot of traffic and it was about the Steelers had put in a waiver claim for the one tight end. And I suddenly, someone helped me out in the live chat. I can't remember his name. Um, out of Arizona. It was hyphenated. I remember that. But instead, he was picked up by Cleveland. So the Steelers did did try to make a claim. I would, I still wouldn't be surprised if they make a move, but it could even be after this week. Uh, I also would not be surprised if they only have two tight ends active on game day if they don't make a move. I do believe that if they do make that move, that Zach Gentry would then be be moved down to the practice squad. Here's another thing to think about. The Steelers could be waiting on a tight end move for the end of the week because when they release Gentry for someone to put a waiver claim in, they'd have to claim him late in the week, which means that would completely change their roster. And chances are teams teams would be more likely to do it this past weekend than they would be three or four days right in front of a game. So chances are if if they do make it to that would then make it easier for Gentry to be moved to the practice squad and most likely Kevin Rader would then be released from there. But we'll see what would happen. There was another question that was here um, by Steeler fan 74. If Switzer is not impactful, will Deontay Johnson play a bigger role? And the question is what people mean by impactful. I have people that love Ryan Switzer that I see and people that hate Ryan Switzer and say he can't do anything. Um, he's got, he's pretty good at, at catching those short passes that they get to him. He's pretty good at getting the few tough yards when you only need a few tough yards. But I know the big question has to probably come from the depth chart that was released today where Ryan Switzer was named the the first punt returner and kick returner. And what was surprising is that James Washington was the backup kick returner um, and then Artie Burns. And the punt returner, I'm trying to remember if it was Deontay Johnson that was the next one or not. I can't remember. Maybe someone can help me with that. But um, I think what it is is Deontay Johnson is going to have a bigger role as the season goes on if he proves that he's ready. He's NFL ready. This is tough. This is tough for rookies to come in right off the bat. and 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 come in and impact the game. I mean, even Juju was active and he was a rookie sensation and he still wasn't week one. Wasn't that, that, uh, that, that big of a impact of that one. I can't remember his exact stats, but, uh, he didn't really start to shine until a couple weeks into the season. Um, here's another question. Do you feel that Tuzar skipper, sorry, this is, NVR NDR. That's the who asked this one. Um, do you feel that um, Tuzar Skipper will be used extensively in Week One against the Patriots or limited snaps? I will be honest with you. I'm not sure he's going to get a helmet because the reports were that Ola Denier was back to practice on Monday. Now we can't find any in, uh, injury information because the Steelers don't have to give any until tomorrow afternoon. They have to give their injury report. Coach Tomlin in his press conference today gave nothing, said he didn't know anything, which isn't really true because he was at practice yesterday with guys and knew who didn't practice and knew who did. But I'll be honest with you, they don't need to give that team up north any more information than what they need right now. So they'll wait until they have to say something. Um, so what's going to ha- I think it's going to be between Tuzar Skipper and Ola Adenie of who will get a helmet on game day. I don't think they have enough spots for both of them. 
So that's how it's going to come down to it. So would he be used extensively? No, he'd be used on special teams. I'd, I'd be surprised if whichever one of those guys would get a helmet if they saw more than six defensive snaps. Um, that's that's just what I mean. It is early in the season. They might want more of a rotation, but with that's assuming a healthy Anthony Chicolo. If Chicolo was still injured, then both of those guys could be getting helmets and contributing big time. So really, it's going to come down to some injuries. Um, we'll have more on that as the week goes on on our various podcasts because we'll, it'll start to shape up a little bit more as we get our first injury reports. So I, I got to throw this one out there. Um, Christopher Williams says his wife bought him surprise tickets uh, for week one in Foxborough. Holy cow. Your wife probably spent a lot of money. Um, good for you. Uh, Cree Ickes, uh question. What do you think will, will <laughs> what do you think will be to a still? Okay. I, th- I didn't quite get that right. We're going to talk about what it's going to take for a Steeler win on Sunday. We'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, so, so uh, some other people here are just throwing out some comments of various things that we've been talking about. I'm trying to skip to the questions. Um, some people are concerned about Grimble as the number two. I understand. So here we go. It says, um, who's going to be our punt, return, our punt returner week one and week 16? Um, probably week 17 is what you really meant. I mean, game 16. Um it's going to be Ryan Switzer to start, and unless there's an injury, I think it's going to be Ryan Switzer to end. Um, he he takes care of the ball back there. He does. He doesn't put it on the ground. Um, that's the biggest thing they want. I know a lot of people will talk about the free kick that happened last year, and as much as I love him, and he was just named special teams captain, what confused Ryan Switzer on that was when Rosie Nix called for a fair, fair catch. Switzer was not sure if he could catch it with another player calling for a fair catch. Um, the whole situation with those free kicks, people don't remember. Um, I know the professionals, it's their job. But you take a play that that happens probably once every, I mean, think it's, it only happens on a safety. Um, and the Steelers are one of the teams that actually have, have had a couple each year. So you're talking about that play happening maybe once at most twice in a season. And then something unusual happening during that unusual play. And it just kind of could be confusing with that. So, so that, yeah, Jordan, you said that 17 on the very next one. I see it now. Um, so I kind of, I see some more stuff here and some, and some people talking about questions. If I didn't get to your questions, um, it's, it bring them back up when we go into the next stuff. Cause I think uh, I will bring up one other thing. That, that I just saw, um, and that is uh, Cam Kelly possibly starting. Uh, this is from Kyle Smith, asked the question about that. I, I really hope that Sean Davis is available. I think Cam Kelly's great. I think he is. I think he's really shown himself that he's an NFL caliber safety. I would much rather him not start and be a sub-package guy on his very first NFL regular season game going up against Tom Brady which was something that Kyle mentioned here in the question. So go from the AAF to playing against Tom Brady. It would be great. He's going to get on the field because of their sub-package defense. It would be great if he didn't have to play every single snap. Um, I'd rather I'd rather see him come along and maybe then, maybe if someone gets injured later on in the season, I'd feel much better about him going in. But his very first game, 
I'd really prefer if he didn't have to be out there on every single play. Um, just so you guys know, I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and skip on to what's going on this week. Because this week, except I should take the question off here, so uh, it's not too distracting. So this week coming up, this is I, there was a couple different angles that I could I could take here. I was going to going to look at uh, how the Steelers do based on their preseason record, but I really want to get more. I'm I'm in regular season mode now. When I was in preseason mode, I was like, yeah, that's a great thing to talk about. Now that I'm in regular season mode, I'm like, let's get to the regular season. Now, there was some some of this got circulated today on, on Twitter from some various Steeler sites, and I think it all started from a. Uh, one of them that actually shared the article that I that I wrote where I mentioned it. I didn't see it before I put it out there, but then I saw some other people throw it out there, and that is this: the Steelers are going up going up to New England on Sunday night. The New England Patriots currently have the longest home winning streak of any team in the NFL, and that's the number to, that I'm going to focus on this week, and that number is 16. Including the playoffs, the Steelers, Steelers, sorry, the Patriots have won 16 straight home games. The last time that they lost was to the Carolina Panthers. And now all of a sudden, I can't figure out where I wrote it down, but I'm pretty sure it was in, it, it was early on in 2017. Uh, their second to last loss was week one in 2017 against Kansas city. So I'm focusing on that number and you're like, well, gee, that doesn't give me a lot of hope, but it does. It does. Because in the words of Lance Williams that he wrote earlier on in the live chat, and if it was still there, I would have brought it up, but instead I'm going to say it right here. He says, do historical stats matter? And the answer is, Sometime. Sometime. Okay. I still think the historical stat matters of uh, Ben Roethlisberger only winning one game on the West Coast because that's something that's just going to keep happening. You know, not going to keep happening, but could lead to people were like, well, how could they lose to Oakland? How could they lose to Oakland? Pittsburgh hasn't won. You know, Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin combined have never won in Oakland. So it, th these are stats that just kind of sometimes I don't Lance is right. They don't mean anything going into the game, but sometimes they can also help you understand um, some things that are going on after the game. But I brought up that, that 16 game win streak. Okay. In that 16 game win streak. Now I need you all to stick with me with this. Okay. This I'm not going all, all doom and gloom. I'm not going with Lance Williams. Sorry, Lance, you brought it up. I got to go with it. I'm I'm not going to do that. But I am going to bring up that, that the Patriots have won 16 straight home games. I'll get some of these numbers up here. Okay. In those 16 games, one of those games was a win by three points. And that was last year in week six in that crazy game against Kansas City where they kicked a field goal as time expired. They won the game 43 to 40. They had one game in there that they won by four points. That was the AFC championship game against the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2017. And that was the game where Jacksonville did what too many people do against the Patriots and they get, they get a lead and then they play scared the entire second half until they lose. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's the one thing I don't want to see from the Steelers. We'll probably talk about that a little bit more on the preview. Don't play scared if you have the lead. Keep going. So um, the next closest game that they've had at home in this 16-game win streak was when they won by seven over Houston last year in week one. Did I say in Houston? I meant over Houston. I, I'm not sure what I said. But it was against Houston um, at, at Foxborough. So that that was the, the only games that were, that were seven points or less. There was a game back in 2017 against the Chargers that was eight points. So technically it was a one-score game. But other than that, they won these games handily. And this comes in another 16, because if you round it up, it's going to be 16. Their average margin of victory over this 16-game win streak is 15.7 points, which you can round up to 16 points. So they've won 16 in a row, and they've and they're scoring on average 16 points more than their opponents. Okay, they're also scoring over 31 points a game. That's 31.6. Okay, uh, their lowest point total during this streak was 21 um, against the Chargers. That was that eight point game, that 21 13 game. That was week eight of 2017. Um, this, this streak, the next closest streak in the NFL is uh, the Colts have a six game home winning streak. So it's 10 games more than anybody else. The Steelers are currently on a two-game home winning streak, one of which was against the New England Patriots. Okay. Because you have to remember the last time the Patriots lost the game, it was against the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. Um, a game that I was in the stands to watch. Um, also, the Patriots were the only team that went undefeated last year at home. They're the only team in the NFL that went undefeated at home. And they're the only team since 2000 that have that has ever gone back to back seasons of being undefeated at home. Um in this in during this 16 game winning streak, and actually you can even go back to all of their games in the last two years at home, including playoffs, they have been they have been favored. Okay. So I've I'm almost done reciting some of these numbers, and you're like, why are you telling us all these things? Tom Brady in his career is 13 and 3 for week one games. He is nine and one at home in week one, which I think is pretty sad that the Patriots have only had six, six, six out of um, six, six where Tom Brady has been the starter um, in week one that were on the road where the Steelers have opened up on the road. What is it now? Five straight years. I think it's the long, I think they have the longest streak of opening on the road. And um, apparently if you look at the major league baseball schedule for next year, chances are they're going to open on the road next year as well, because they scheduled um, pirates at home opening weekend of the NFL, unless they're playing on that Thursday night game after their, after the, uh, after a Super Bowl win. I haven't checked that to see if there's a pirate game that night, that night or not. So that's some numbers. And you're like, why in the world are you bringing up all these terrible numbers about how great the Patriots are? Well, here's the thing. First of all, Lance is right. One, 
historical stats don't matter. Not now. Not week one of a new season. You've got a different team in the Patriots. They don't have Gronkowski. Things are a little bit different for them. Things are better for the Steelers. The Steelers have a faster defense. That's one. Two, I wanted to, as the title of this episode says, wanted to put some perspective into this game. And what I mean by that is this. The perspective of this game is how important it's going to be and how big of a deal it's going to be when the Steelers walk out of Foxborough with a win. If the Steelers can pull off the win in this game, it's a big deal. Jeff Hartman and I talked about something before he did his letter from the editor this past Sunday. And uh, we were kind of surprised at some of the reaction. And it was, it was the season is not lost. Everything is not on fire. Others did a win in week one. It's week one. It's one game. It's one loss. Steelers must win this game or the season is over. The Steelers must win this game. I had a chime in at one point to just say, hey, slow down. If this, the owner. Matter. Don't. Um, is that the Steelers are not going 16 and 0 if they don't win Sunday. That's the only thing a loss says. Now, I even know a bad loss. Like if, like if, if it's a large margin of victory, if they just don't look together, if they just don't look solid, that's true. I mean, you can take that from the performance, but statistically it's a loss. It doesn't matter if they lose by one. It doesn't matter if they lose by 35, it'll be a loss and they have 15 more games and they can win all 15 games. Doesn't mean that they will, but they can this game out of all the games the Steelers have this season at this moment are the biggest underdog of any game. If you were to look at the Steelers schedule, the likely to win is this game Sunday going into Foxborough. Um, the, they'll drop the banner for the Super Bowl champions, all that stuff in prime time. This is the one that they're, that they are, they are the largest underdog of any game. They're not supposed to win. But isn't it going to be much sweeter when they do? Now, I'm not guaranteeing a win at all. I'm just saying I'm not counting the Steelers out. If you if you read my article I put out earlier today about the um, about the the betting odds for the Steelers right now, you know when when you do it, you're usually picking against the spread. The spread right now is five and a half points. But if you pick the Steelers straight up right now, the odds you're getting are 11 to five straight up. So I put it in the article that if you place a $20 bet on the space, not with the spread, just, just bet the money line. You would, you would be eligible for a $44 payout on top of the $20 that you invested. So that would be $20 in $64 out. That's how much of an underdog they are. If you bet the Patriots $20, you'd get, of eight dollars that's it you get your 20 bucks back plus another eight that's the line that's going in vegas i mean to me i'm all sounds like a great time to bet on the steelers so 
I'm once again, I'm going to be, I'm going to try to catch up and, and see what you are doing. Um, you're probably going to give some thoughts about all these, these ho-hum numbers that I just threw out there. There's also a narrative that's going around about, well, the Patriots start slow too. I gave you the stats for Tom Brady. I mean, he's nine and one at home in week one. That does not indicate a slow start. Look sharp or anything else. You guys are right. But remember, you got the eye test, you got statistics, but there's really only one step. And so you got to compare those. So I'm 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 jumping into the into the live chat now. Throw out any numbers that they want to say about the game. I saw a couple that, that are going to come up. Uh, I didn't mention earlier when I should have. If you want to make sure that your question is asked, your number is stated, your comment is out there, there is the super chat feature that you can use. You do that by typing in your comment. You hit the little dollar sign down there. That's that's where the where the comment is, and you can donate any amount of money you want to the show. You do not need to use this feature, but it is available. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the live chat right now, so I'm not going to be able to get to everything. But if you do that, you are bumped. I'm guaranteed to look at your 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 comment. So here we go. We're going to jump into the live chat and see what people. So <laughs> people talking about Gronk is retired. Um, some. <laughs> Boy, we're we're kind of getting off on a different tangent there with uh, even talking about. Uh, here's a numbers question. <laughs> I should, but I. Here we go. Okay, he says, "How many personal fouls will we get hit for for touching Princess Tom?" Or how many third and longs do the Pats convert via pass interference or personal foul? <sighs> this is another one of those conspiracy theories that people have out there. I've got to start keeping my own stats on some things with, with people like that. Teams get bailed out with a penalty or something in, in a bad situation, especially when it comes to competitive balance. Have you ever noticed? There's a, there's a few things that I've that I've noticed and coaches' challenges or just um, booth reviews, not even a challenge. Have you ever noticed that more often than not, if it is a close call, that call is in favor of the, the that position to win the game? In other words, to keep the game more competitive, that those borderline calls go towards the teams to keep it more competitive. If a team is down by 10 points and there's eight minutes and they possibly fumble the ball, but it's borderline if it's going to be a fumble or not, guess what they're probably going to call it? Not a fumble because they want to let that team have a chance to get within one score to have a nice close game. At the end. Another statistic that I would like to look at if you want to talk about conspiracy-wise is the number of notes of football on Sunday night. And look at the number of kickoffs when when the ball is kicked and the and the returner decides to run it out. Not if it's kicked short of the end zone, but if it's kicked into the end zone, the, and the person could take a knee, but instead they choose to run it out. How many times there is a penalty called on the return team? The NFL doesn't want kick returns. 
They don't want it. It's too dangerous of a play. So almost every time when the ball was kicked into the end zone, you're going to see a penalty. You're going to see a hold. You're going to see a block in the back, something like that. I'd say I'd say probably more than half the time, a lot more than, than ones that are kicked short of the goal line because they want to discourage teams from returning the ball when they could take I'd throw up my couple conspiracy theories out there. Um, here we go. Mark, four sacks on Brady. I'll be honest with you. That's not enough. Let's go for six. Okay. Um, here we go. More stuff. Uh, um, I'm not sure if this stat's right where Cree throws this out there about he's eight three against men. So I'm, I'm not sure if that's correct, but that that wouldn't surprise. I mean, Steelers have won the last one, but Grant, that was at home. Um, here we go. Some people saying, uh, must win this game. Yes, that is true. The Steelers must win this game, but the season is not over. It's not a must win game. A must win game is, it's hard to have must win games in week one. Okay. Um, here we go from, I am it, anything can happen. Let's not overanalyze. That's kind of the point I was making. The, how great New England is in week one is going to show you that it's a big deal when the Steelers show up to play if they come out and win this game. Okay. Um, here we go. Uh, Randy Sears says, I think we have an advantage, our D-line versus the Pats O-line. I think we have an advantage anything that comes to the line. I think our offensive line is great. I think our defensive line is great. They've just got to show up and play. Um, we can't have on defense paralysis through analysis. Sorry, paralysis by analysis. Got to get it right. Got to get the correct word. Um, in other words, don't sit back there and overthink of what Brady's going to do and not react. Okay, let's just let's just go after him. And the key is when when it said about our D line, that's where we got to get our pressure. We've got to get the pressure on Brady from right up the middle. We need Hargrave. We need Tuit. We need Hayward. We need these guys coming right up through the middle with Brady. That's what he struggles with was when the pressure comes from the middle. Okay. Uh, so, so some very interesting stuff here. Lots of people has lots to say about going on uh, or what's going on with this, with the game. Um, here, here was a question. It was a super chat question. I got to see if I can find it because it's a lot harder to find these. It was from, it's, why is this not coming? There it is. Um, is the Pat Center out with blood clots? Does anyone know the answer to that one? I'm not sure about that. Before it doesn't come out tomorrow. I do know that the Patriots did trade from the Buffalo Bills. And for some reason, even though I typed his name three right now, but he used to be the center for the Bengals. He started every game for the Bengals while he was their center. He was with the Bills last year until he uh, until he got injured, and then he was um, this year. He just he was with the Bills again and got traded to the Patriots. So I don't know if it's because they need him to play or if he's coming in to back up. So um, so here we go. Um, someone Kyle Smith said. Uh, he said, yes, it's eight and three of of um, Brady over Roethlisberger. It should be, as we, my brother is going to love to hear, Jesse James caught that ball. We all know that. Lance, 
Lance, you asked me this on text message today, so of course I got to bring it up, and I'm going to give you the same answer. How well will the Steelers play the run while in defensive subs, meaning if they're a nickel or even their dollar? That all comes down to Mark Barron, Devin Bush, whoever's on the field, because it's it's that linebacker position, that guy, because the reason I'm saying it's not Vince Williams because he's going to be out of the game. Vince Williams is the big run stopper. All right. Now that was, was the last year, LJ Fort. LJ Fort was a great coverage linebacker, but if they put him in there as the coverage linebacker, he struggled against the run. So it ought to two players brand new to the Steelers that we've seen a little bit from, but until we get to the regular season, we'll really answer. Does Mark Barron and Devin Bush play the run? in sub-package football. And whichever one does it better is the one that's going to see the majority of the playing time. Uh, something that I said for a long time throughout the preseason, um, especially in the Steelers preview with um, Jeff Hartman and Brian Anthony Davis, is that I didn't feel that Devin Bush would be the starter week one. I didn't think it mattered because it didn't matter if he started. It only mattered if he played. And when the and when the depth chart came out today, Devin Bush was not listed as the starter. It was Mark Barron and Vince Williams. Um, I don't think that's a big deal because he's going to play. But it's kind of exactly what I thought. They're not going to call him a starter. They're not going to put a pr- the pressure of the starter on him. That's what go. So. Here we go. Here was another one. Um, Kevin Shin, five sacks and three forced fumbles. Mm, if it's one less sacks than what I said, but when you got three forced fumbles, I'll take it, especially if they recover, it, excuse me, at least two of them. So uh, let's kind of keep going here. Um, someone said about their center uh, might have even been on IR. Uh, cause I'll be honest with you. I'm just trying to get into the, to the Steelers opponents for the week. I've been, everything that I've studied this off season and this preseason has been the Steelers. I've completely focused on them. I could have named you every player on their, on their preseason roster. Um, I just kind of knew what was going on there. So I haven't been paying as much attention around the league. I think there's a couple of running backs that didn't, that it won't play. They didn't sign. That's somewhat sarcasm. Cause I think everyone knows about that, but uh, yeah, I haven't even been following this kind of stuff. Um, so some people, a lot of people say, or were answered snowman's question in the live chat. So uh, yeah, there we go. Snowman. There you go. Thanks everyone for answering his question. Do we have anything else? <laughs> so <laughs> that's my brother. That says, he'll tell me after the podcast. <laughs> Just a thumbs up. That's okay. Um, here we go. Let's, uh, any other numbers we want to see? Uh, here we go. There's a good one. Uh, Nico, Ben's throwing three touchdowns. I think it's going to take that much to win. Well, not throwing three touchdowns, but there's going to, the Sears going to have to score over three touchdowns to win this game. Uh, the Patriots have just, put up more than 21 points at home. That's what they do. So uh, that that would be a good one. So I'm continuing to try to find through here and, and go through here. There's lots of good stuff here with the live chat tonight. Lots of people hopping, lots of good conversation back and forth. But um, <laughs> I'm going to, this might, this might be the last one we do right here. Um, is Tomlin going to pull out any 
<laughs> I don't think so. Um, if if there are any trick plays, it's probably going to go uh, be credited more towards the um, towards the coordinators. I don't see anything tricky on defense. I think the defense is going to kind of do what they do. It's kind of hard to run a trick play on defense. Um, if they do try to do something tricky on special teams, I don't know if that's a Tomlin thing or Danny, Danny Smith thing. And any kind of trick play, that's got Randy Figner written all over it. Are they going to try any trick plays? Um, I don't know that I'm going to call a trick play, but I'm going to say you're going to see you're going to see at least three or four times that the Steelers are going to do something that you aren't expecting or something you haven't seen before. Whether it be something strange with their personnel, what you know, whether it be, um, I, I don't see them snapping the ball to anybody other than Ben Roethlisberger. Um, Maybe you see something crazy with uh, James Conner split out wide and two wide receivers next to Ben or something like that. So I'm, I'm not saying it's for sure. I'm just trying to give an example of something that you could see something a little bit more crazy trying to catch them off guard. I don't think you're going to see the craziness that the Patriots were tried to try to pull, you know, and the stuff they did against the Ravens several years ago where they're splitting offensive linemen out wide, uh, lining up eligible guys as ineligible to confuse people and things like that. Um, I, I don't think they're going to go that far, but, uh, but we'll say that before we get going, there's a, Oh, wait, we do have one more good question in here. Someone said is Edelman hurt the report from Ian Rappaport from ESPN after the Patriots fourth preseason game where Edelman left, where it seemed like he had re-injured his thumb that he had a problem with was that it wasn't, a serious injury. They didn't even call it a re-aggravation, um, but that he is completely fine. But we'll see tomorrow um, when the injury report comes out. But we all know how the Patriots like to manipulate that injury report. So, um, guys, it's it's been a good night. A couple things I want to mention. Um, it says I borrowed Lance's internet connection tonight. I really hope that uh, – I hope I've been cutting out because when it's just me, I have no idea if I did or not. So uh, hopefully everything was clear tonight. I'm hoping that it, that it wasn't a problem because on a solo show, you, you never really, really tell. Um, the one person, Bo, getting back with Bo, did say that it's Enkil Harry is hurt. He went on the IR for them, designated to return. That's why they cut Demarius Thomas and then re-signed him whenever they could get Harry to on, on the IR so they can, um, so they can get him back um, with that. So, a few things just of note to, to mention before you all tune out. One, tomorrow night, make sure you are know what's going on with the Behind the Steel Curtain podcasts because there is a very good chance you're going to be getting two, two different podcasts. Might almost be back-to-back that uh, probably there – we're making sure everything's scheduled out right. Jeff Hartman did mention this before. He teased it a little bit that tomorrow night, uh, he's if everything falls according to plan, around nine o'clock, that he'll be coming on with the Steelers one-on-one, where he's going to have a former Pittsburgh Steeler on with him that he'll be talking with a, to, about this upcoming season and this week's game, and just kind of getting his thoughts on things. You do not want to miss that. Um, I'm not at liberty to say who it is, but. Um, let's just say I'm just kind of glad that it's a one-on-one because I'm afraid I would embarrass myself fanboy a little bit because that's just kind of how I, um, so that's one 
two. They will then come back on with the standard is the standard tomorrow night after that, where they will have someone from the uh, from the Pat's pulpit, the new injury, the New England Patriots um, SB Nation site that that's going to come on to talk about the upcoming game. So that's two different things. If you want to make sure you don't miss those, you've got to make sure that you go to the YouTube channel, BTSC Steelers Radio, hit subscribe and hit the bell so you'll get the notifications. You want to know when those podcasts come on tomorrow night because trust me, that's going to be something to watch. Another thing that I, that I want to talk about is our contest that Jeff wanted to cut the contest off this past Saturday, but then so many people were asking and still trying to get it. He says, you know, there's no reason to cut it off. Keep it going until we fill a fifth league. And we filled that league so fast, Jeff's like, well, we got to go to a sixth one. So our contest for the signed David DeCastro football is still up and running. It is the number, it is the top article on Behind the Steel Curtain right now because I just refreshed it before the show. And that's what and that's what we got. So for that, you check out the article. It is a it is a survivor football league. We're running it through Yahoo. All you got to do is pick one game each week. If your team wins, you go on. One game, just one, not all of them, one. Once you, but once you pick that team, you cannot pick that team again later on in the season. So once you pick the Steelers, can't pick them again. So that's what's going on. The last person standing out of all the leagues will win the sign David DeCastro football. Um, I've got a little bit more information coming out on what happens if people, if everyone gets eliminated uh, before the end of the season, end of the season, or if there's still a lot of people left at the end of the season, how we're going to go forward with that. So uh, I'm hoping everything worked out today. It says I had a strong internet connection here, but uh, I know sometimes when I clicked on some things, they, they lagged a little bit. So, so that's what's going on, guys. That's You don't want to miss these podcasts. Sorry, guys and gals. Um, you do not want to miss these podcasts tomorrow night. So we have both of them coming up tomorrow night. Thursday night, we have the Steelers preview with myself, Jeff Hartman, and Brian Anthony Davis. Friday night... I'm pretty sure Friday night is Lance Williams burning question or night might not be nights. And then the other one would be, um, Oh wait, not burning question. Lance Williams. Yeah, I said it. It's Jeff Hartman's burning question. I took the two shows from Friday and Saturday and combined them. And I'm not sure which one is Friday, which one's Saturday, but one's on one, one's on the other. Um, so it's Lance Williams. Yeah, I said it. And then Jeff Hartman's burning question um, or another Steelers one-on-one depending would be the other day. And then Sunday we're back with the post-game show with, with Jeff and Lance. Cause it's right here. We're just a few days away. We've got two days until meaningful NFL football, but more importantly is that Sunday night when, I don't know about you all, but to me the most meaningful NFL football is Steelers football. So thank you all for, for joining in tonight, and uh, we'll we'll be back again next week from some more Steelers Stat Geek. We'll see how those numbers held up. We'll see if that 16-game win streak comes to an end. We'll see if that 16-point margin of victory can be overcome. We're going to take some of those numbers. We're going to chop them down, uh, bring the Patriots kind of down a little bit um, and not and you know off their high horse that's what uh, that's what we want to see the Steelers to do this week we'll be back next Tuesday night to talk about more stats and in the words of our friend of the show Lance Williams tune in tell a friend and subscribe we'll see you next week <laughs>